98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. A court denies bail to three secondary school students arrested in connection with an alleged terrorist plot. The district court finds two students guilty of rioting at Chinese University in 2019, but acquits two others. And the government extends social distancing restrictions, citing the threat posed by mutant coronavirus strains. Three secondary school students arrested in connection with an alleged terrorist plot have been denied bail after a court appearance. Wendy Wong reports. The trio were among nine people arrested by the police this week over an alleged plot to make bombs and plant them at public facilities such as courtrooms, cross-harbour tunnels and railways. They're aged between 15 and 19 and were each charged with one count of conspiracy to commit terrorist activities before appearing at West Kowloon Court for a mention hearing. They're accused of conspiring with others to organise, plan, commit, participate in or threaten to commit terrorist activities intended to cause grave harm to the society, including explosion, arson, sabotage of means of transport or transport facilities or other dangerous activities which seriously jeopardise public health or safety. The alleged activities are set to aim at coercing the central or Hong Kong government or intimidate the public to pursue the political agenda. Chief Magistrate Victor So refused to grant them bail and adjourned the case to September the 1st. The other six who were arrested have been freed on bail and are required to report to the police later this month. One of them is a Baptist University employee who's now been suspended by the school. In a letter to students and staff, Baptist University President Alexander Wai said police officers entered the university's campus in Sheikh Moon with a search warrant to collect evidence. He said the university will do its best to assist with the investigation. Professor Wise strongly condemned terrorism and violent acts and reminded members of the university to always abide by the law. The district court has found two students guilty of rioting at Chinese University in 2019 but acquitted two others of the same charge. Jimmy Choi has more. Judge Clement Lee said video footage showed that 20-year-old Chan Chen Ho and Tang Hei Man, who's 24, were among around 100 people who breached the peace by throwing bricks and Molotov cocktails towards the police at a bridge outside the university campus on November 12. Chen studied at the Institute of Vocational Education, while Tang studied at Chinese University. The judge said the only reasonable conclusion was that the two had been taking part in the riot when the police were being attacked. But the court acquitted 22-year-old Chan Hei Hang and 25-year-old Li Chen Ho, ruling that there was not enough evidence to show how long they had stayed at the centre of the riot or whether they were there at all. Chan studied at Chinese University and Li studied at Polytechnic University. The court also rejected the testimony of a police officer who arrested Chan and Li as it was in conflict with video evidence. Chang, Tang and Chan were also found guilty of breaching the mask ban in place. The defence had said the trio were trying to protect their health by wearing gas masks, but the judge said they should have just left the scene as soon as possible if that was the case. Meanwhile, the court found Chan not guilty of possessing an offensive weapon. The judge pointed out that the police had only found a laser pointer and scissors in Chan's bag the second time they checked it, saying this was a flaw in the prosecution's case. To COVID-19 now, and the government has extended most social distancing restrictions by two weeks, citing the threat posed by mutant strains. Here's Wendy Wong.
Most distancing measures will stay in place until the 21st of this month. Among the exceptions, an increase in the maximum capacity of cinemas and performance venues to 85% from 75%. And at indoor sports premises, people won't need to wear face masks during exercises if all staff and users have been fully vaccinated. A government spokesman said curves were still needed as the threat brought by mutant strains to the global epidemic situation cannot be neglected. But he also said restrictions could be further relaxed if more people are vaccinated to achieve herd immunity against COVID-19. Meanwhile, residents of Chongmei Building in Taikok Choi were ordered to get tested for coronavirus during an overnight lockdown. The Centre for Health Protection was notified by authorities in Australia that a 52-year-old man who lived in the building before he flew in from Hong Kong last month has contracted the Delta strain of the coronavirus. And health authorities here reported one new imported COVID-19 case. The 32-year-old arrival from Greece did not have any symptoms. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. More than a million workers will have more time off starting from next year after the Legislative Council passed a bill to gradually increase the number of statutory holidays from 12 to 17. Jimmy Choi reports. Currently, all workers are entitled to 12 statutory holidays each year, but employers are not legally required to grant them leave on public holidays. Under the plan, an additional statutory holiday will be added every two years, starting from 2022. The five new days off for everyone will be Buddha's birthday, the first weekday after Christmas Day, Easter Monday, Good Friday and the day following Good Friday. Labour and Welfare Secretary Lo Chi Kuang says the matter has been debated in society for more than a decade, and he's very happy that the benefits of more than one million workers will be improved. He notes that some people in the labour sector would like to see the number of holidays increase at a faster pace, but says the government had to take into account the impact of the change on small and medium-sized entities enterprises, as well as employers of foreign domestic helpers. Chief Secretary John Lee says people who play down terrorist acts are sinners of a thousand years. It's an apparent reference to remarks made by a law scholar over those mourning the death of a man who attacked the police. Francis Sitt has more. University of Hong Kong law professor Johannes Chan has been criticized by the authorities and lawmakers after he defended those mourning a man who apparently committed suicide after stabbing a policeman on July the 1st. He said people could simply be mourning out of sympathy or to show their discontent with the government. Mr. Lee refused to say whether his sinner's remark was aimed specifically at Professor Chan or whether the scholar could be prosecuted. He only said that people with a legal background should know that their words have an impact on society and everyone has to bear legal and moral responsibilities for comments they make. It is important that everybody who says something, they know that there may be a consequence, particularly for the extremists who may have been already embedded with some extreme ideas. If there's any indication that may suggest to him that his sin can be exonerated because simply of what he believes, then it's a very dangerous thing. It is a responsibility for all who make public statements and all should bear that in mind. Earlier this week, Security Secretary Chris Tang warned that people who show sympathy for terrorists would turn into terrorists themselves. The Privacy Commissioner has dismissed reports that tech giants like Google could withdraw from Hong Kong if new data protection legislation is passed. As Violet Wong reports, the watchdog stressed that normal business activities won't be affected by the planned law. 
The Asia Internet Coalition, which includes firms such as Google, Facebook, and Twitter, had earlier warned that companies could discontinue their services in the city over concerns that their staff could be prosecuted after the introduction of an anti-doxing law. In a letter submitted to the Privacy Commissioner late last month, the coalition's head Jeff Payne said it was completely disproportionate for companies and their staff to be subject to criminal liability. The only way to afford these sanctions for technology companies would be to refrain from investing and offering their services in Hong Kong, he added. But in a statement issued last night, a government spokesperson denied that the tech giants had plans to quit the city. The letter made no mention of the stance of individual company members, nor are their companies planning to retreat from Hong Kong. The government spokesman strongly opposed to the reports that took matters out of context to mislead and confuse the public. The statement read, The comment was echoed by Privacy Commissioner Ada Chung, who told an RTHK radio program that the reports were simply inaccurate. Ms. Chung stressed normal business activities would not be affected by the planned legislation, saying online platforms would not be breaking the law as long as they remove doxing content as per her office request. The Bar Association says it's against a proposal by the government for legal officers in the Department of Justice to attain the title of senior counsel, even if they're not barristers. The association says there's overwhelming opposition to the plan among its members. Natalie Ching has details. Why is it that my colleagues in the Department Justice Secretary Theresa Chang put forward the idea last month, saying it troubles her that solicitors among her colleagues are not given the title, even though they do similar types of court work as barristers and are actually even better than their counterparts. In a statement, the Bar Association says legal officers serve the Department of Justice, while senior counsels serve their clients and the courts. It says this difference is a striking illustration of the critical importance of the independent bar to the public interest. The statement points to differences such as ethics and conventions, including that barristers have to undergo pupillage for 12 months, while legal officers are only required to serve a minimum of three. The association takes issue with Ms. Chang's suggestions of giving the senior counsel title to legal officers only while they're employed by the government, but then revoking it when they leave, saying it would make it an interdepartmental ranking wholly different from the concept and status of senior counsel as a leader of the Hong Kong Bar. The association also says it's wrong to suggest that legal officers are barred from taking silk, and they can apply to do so if they have enough advocacy experience. It suggests that instead of giving the solicitors senior counsel status, the Department of Justice could create a new title, such as Senior Government Advocate or Senior Law Advocate. The Chinese tech company Tencent appears to have terminated almost all university-based LGBT groups operating on its WeChat platform. Here's the BBC's Celia Hatton. There was a perfunctory message attached to the now-deleted social forum saying that they had violated regulations. What we don't know is which regulations they'd violated and why all of these groups, really dozens of groups that had been established by university students across China, had suddenly been deleted. Some of them hadn't been used in years, and that's why some people think that this really was a mass campaign simply to wipe out the communications network of this entire community. 
Overseas and Bollywood is mourning the death of one of its legends. Dilip Kumar has died at the age of 98. He first found work in the industry as a scriptwriter, but moved in front of the cameras in 1944 in the film Jwa Bata, becoming a major star in Indian cinema's golden age. The BBC's Rajinya Vadyanathan reports from Delhi. Dilip Kumar was the face of an emerging Indian film industry and an emerging India. Born in Peshawar in 1922, in what is now Pakistan, he changed his Muslim name, Yusuf Khan, to the Hindu Dilip Kumar when he entered the film industry. In a career spanning six decades, he starred in some of Bollywood's most iconic films. He was the first ever recipient of Best Actor at India's equivalent of the Oscars, the Filmfare Awards, and still holds the record for winning the honour the most times. An acting megastar in South Asia, he was awarded both India and Pakistan's highest civilian honours. The interim Prime Minister of Haiti says President Yovenal Mwase was shot dead at his home in Port-au-Prince overnight. Claude Joseph called it a barbaric act and said he'd taken charge of the country. The BBC's Peter Bowes reports from Washington. According to Claude Joseph, President Moise was shot dead by unidentified attackers at his private residence in what he described as an inhuman and barbaric act. He added that the police and the army had the security situation under control, but gunshots could be heard throughout Port-au-Prince following the shooting. Mr Moise had been ruling by decree over the past year after entering office in 2017. There's growing unrest in Haiti, which is facing a humanitarian crisis, shortages of food and violence on the streets. In Washington, the White House said the United States was assessing the tragic attack and that Joe Biden was being briefed on the situation. Sports Now England take on Denmark in Euro 2020 in a few hours, hoping to advance to the final of a major football tournament for the first time since their World Cup triumph back in 1966. Italy await the winners of that match after they beat Spain on penalties in the earlier semi-final, to the delight of their manager, Roberto Mancini. We are very proud for this, also for uh, our uh, Italian people, for all the Italian people. And uh, I'm very proud of my players because it's not easy. Was the sixth game as very, very strong. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. A court denies bail to three secondary school students arrested in connection with an alleged terror plot. The district court finds two students guilty of rioting at Chinese University in 2019, but acquits two others. And the government extends social distancing restrictions by two weeks. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
Tempo and Deep Purple, one of our many memories as we play, of course, Mondays to Fridays from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. with Peter King. And you can also... Hello, Mary Lou. Goodbye, heart. Sweet Mary Lou, I'm so in love with you. I knew Mary Lou. We never part, so hello. By one sunny day, flash those big brown eyes my way, and ooh, I wanted you forevermore. Now I'm not one that gets around, swear my feet stuck to the ground, and though I never did meet you before, I said hello, Mary Lou. Goodbye, heart, sweet Mary Lou, I'm so in love with you. I knew Mary Lou. We never part, so hello, Mary Lou, goodbye, heart. Yes, hello. 
Nelson on RTHK3. He didn't last too long. He managed to, at the age of 45, I think. One of his big hits, of course. Hello, Mary Lou. Goodbye, heart. Let's be the next to Gracie Rivera. I am a child, a child.